Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes Podcast. This is Case 14, Hypnos. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, a whole role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and a fair number of leeches that have been secretly suckling at the creases in your skin ever since you went skinny dipping in that swimming hole out behind Farmer Zebediah's ramshackle barn, where he's rumored to consort with black goats that stand on their hind legs when the moon is full and the rituals are recited exactly as transcribed in that thick tome bound in human skin he keeps under his pillow next to a bicuspid that fell out three months ago, but that dang tooth fairy just won't pay up. Your investigators of the unknown are Gabe as Roy. Hi, I'm as Roy. Matt as Rocky. I thought I told you I was retired. Brian as Pippa. Well, here we go again. And James as the Dreamlander. Did I just start a war between the goblins and the llamas? Well, I guess we're about to find out because now, dear investigators... We play Case 14, Tape 13, Not So Fast. Pippa, with great effort, you open your eyes and try to focus on the formless gray mass that seems to envelop your body. It's as if you are emerging from beneath warm bath water breaking the surface and blinking away the soap studs. Gradually, shadows begin to take shape all around, coalescing into furniture and walls in Professor Wingate Peasley's lab? Wait a minute. Weren't you just sitting at Mr. Surtsey's table, trying not to fall asleep as an orange tabby purred in your lap? The stringent odor of rubbing alcohol tickles your nose, but it dissipates as you take a deep breath. That little bit of oxygen to your lungs is enough to awaken your senses entirely. As you blink away the residue of the dreamlands, you clearly see the person standing at your bedside is Maria, who smiles down benevolently. Welcome back, she whispers. What? How, how long were we out? Dear, you've, you've been out for a few days anyways. I'm hungry. Oh, here, I've got a uh, Capri Sun right here at your bedside. I grab it quickly and squeeze the whole thing into my mouth. I'm so thirsty. What flavor is it? It's uh, strawberry kiwi. Oh, it just feels so good trickling down your dry throat. It feels as if the life force is re-entering your body. It's what Capri Sun does every day. Easy, Pippa. Take it, take it slow. It's only six ounces. It's okay to take it quick. No, no, this is the gallon. <laughs> what about everybody else? Are they are they here? They're right here. Don't worry. But please, take it easy. And she puts her hand on your left shoulder, and you feel a twinge of pain. What's wrong with me? Dear, you were over there a long time, and I'm, I'm not sure what exactly what happened, but it's going to take some time for you to heal. And she uh, takes the empty Capri Sun container and puts it on your bedside and, and gives you a double-stuffed Oreo mint cookie. Small bites, hon. Small bites. I twist it off and 
scrape the mint with the bottom of jaw and then put the cookie pieces back together. You feel your teeth just rotting. <laughs> Disintegrating like it's hydrochloric acid. And as you do that, you feel your left shoulder, the pain sort of intensifying. Just adjust my body to make it more relaxed so it's more supported. The opposite happens. More pain lances along your left arm. Grab the sheet or blanket or and or covering and pull it back so I can take and assess my situation. And your arm is gone. It went for milk and never came back. It's okay. My leg went for cigarettes. Hesitantly, you pull back the light blanket and see that your left arm has withered. The flesh is hanging loose. And you recall when you died in the dreamlands. You can only assume that whatever had happened there took a toll on your body here. It's going to take a lot of therapy to get this emaciated limb back to not 100%, but at least functional. I need another Capri Sun stat. Ah, just cut it off. You can get one of those neat robo arms. Maria reaches over to the bedside, grabs a second Capri Sun, shoves the straw in very forcefully. A little bit of stuff comes up, hands it to you, and pulls the covers back up. Rocky, one minute you were pushing away the stew bowl in order to put your head down on the table. Not because you were tired, mind you, but because you simply wanted a moment to contemplate the exquisite bounty of food in the dreamlands. And the next thing you know, someone's holding up your eyelid and shining a light directly into your pupils. Aha! Professor Peasley murmurs as he turns off the pen light. Our junior jauntinaut awakens. The professor puts a stethoscope to your chest as you peer around, seeing the sterile yet drab surroundings of his home lab. A faint tingling sensation in your toes slowly blossoms into shooting pains up your legs, which are tucked securely to the gurney beneath a white blanket. And how are you feeling, Mr. Arroyo? Like I need a very strong cup of coffee. Well, I can uh, whip one up here for you in a moment. No problem with that. Uh, your heartbeat seems to be quite regular. No, no worries there. Uh, it's glad to have you back, by the way. Mm, how long were we gone exactly? I mean... We thought it'd be 90 minutes, but I'm afraid to tell you it's been a few days. Oh... That's just lovely. Needless to say, we ran into a few problems down there, but I think we took care of them. That's great to hear. I assume that was the case, because, believe it or not, good news, your brother, he's coming too. Also, I thought you said there was good news. Oh, yes, the Arroyo humor, I forgot. Other than coffee, would you like um, maybe a mayo crepe? I think we have a few left from breakfast. Anything you have at this point. I need something. No worries. You stay right here, and uh, I'll run and get it for you. Just one more thing. Please try not to move your legs too much. And he wanders away. As soon as he wanders where he can't see me, I'm going to immediately pull up the blanket and take a look at my legs. You can see that something isn't quite right. The bone in your thigh is protruding a bit, so the skin and the fat has sort of sloughed to the side, as if the sinew and muscle have relaxed. And your knees, in particular, are very knobby. You try to move them, and they do respond. But you you get shooting pains as you shift in the gurney. Well, that's rather unfortunate. Double drat. Roy. 
The last thing you recall was tipping back another tiki mug full of sweet nectar. Sertsy kept a plentifully stocked bar, and the man could drink. He matched you cocktail for cocktail, and the two of you laughed for what seemed like hours. New best friends in a faraway land. Then, lights out. Oh, you'd been here before. When your alcohol dipstick hit that top line, it was nighty-night time. But instead of waking up on the floor with a pounding headache, you're reclining comfortably in some kind of hospital bed? Rocky and Pippa are sitting up in fancy-looking cots with wheels to either side of you. And Danny is standing nearby, eyes shining with tears of joy as she watches your face. He's back, she calls out with excitement. You try to say her name, but there's some kind of silicone apparatus taped to your mouth with a tube extending all the way down your throat. And I'll rip the tube out. So you reach up, slowly pull a length of tube out of your throat. You can feel it just snaking from way down, going past your esophagus, and then coming out with a wet plop and saliva dripping from the end of it. Danny takes the tube out of your hand and puts it aside, lets it drop to the side of your bed, and then reaches in and gives you a hug. So glad to have you back. I know. Who wouldn't be? Me. I would not be. Yeah, well, nobody asked you. No one has literally ever asked you. No, I'm pretty sure you just said who would be as a generalized question. I'm just saying that this is a generalized answer. I'm not. You're not a somebody. You're a nobody. So what happened here? Can I, like, go back? I was kind of having fun with the drinking <laughs> and all. It's done. You, you did it. You're back. You were dead. I've been dead before, though. I mean, this, this is really not new to me. <laughs> Well, I've never been around when you've been dead. This has been rough, and I'm, I'm just so glad to have you back. And look at your brother. Your brother's ecstatic. He's grimacing. I mean, no, he's grinning. Yeah, he looks really happy to see me. I mean, he wouldn't even be here if not for me, so he's got to be thrilled with me. As soon as I can walk, I'm coming over then. He, he meant kissing you. He's going <laughs> to come over here and kiss you. He's so happy. Yeah, that's, that's it. With cyanide lipstick, maybe. Danny catches Maria's eye, and the two of them walk away, leaving the three of you to stare at one another. And you can hear Peasley in the kitchen getting some food ready. So. Are you really here, Roy? I would guess. All this was to bring you back. I can't believe it worked. I appreciate all your efforts, Pippa. You really went out for me. It was really just me. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Who's that over there? I think it's the janitor. I don't have use of my left arm. I don't, I don't know what to do. Are you guys... Do you have injuries? I don't have either of my legs, so I'm coming for yours, Roy. It's only a fair trade. You can have one. You can have my left leg. Well, hold on. Let me check, and I'll throw my blanket off. Yeah, actually, as you move around, Roy, you're feeling pretty dang good. No hangover, and your body feels fantastic. I think I got it worst of all, guys. I'm really hungry. Coming right up, Roy. Uh, I'll have something for you shortly. Spoiler alert, it's crepes. Come on, Rocky, let's go for a jog to the kitchen. Can I just grab something off a nearby table and chuck it at him? As the remnants of your dream state dissolve into fading memory, you begin to hear the wind outside become more strident 
almost whistling against the eaves of the old house. Beyond the windows, daylight ebbs, an eerily familiar shadow blotting out the sun. A creeping coldness envelops you. Oh no, Maria whispers. Something's coming. Almost as if summoned by her words, the ominous sound of heavy boot heels resounds from the hallway just outside the lab's closed door. Then, slowly, the aperture creaks open. Standing in the entryway is a tall, muscular man wearing shit kickers, denim overalls, no shirt, a heavy gold chain draped around his neck, and a floppy brown cloth hat atop his frizzy, shoulder-length hair. White gauze bandages encircle each wrist, and his left hand is wrapped in a red bandana. Beneath his bushy brown beard, you can barely discern the flash of ivory teeth in an impish grin. But his eyes. His eyes are obsidian orbs of humorless, flat black. Peasley rushes in from the kitchen. This is private property, young man. Please leave immediately or I will notify the authorities. Ah, oh, but come on, man. I just came to collect my dues. Dues? What? What is this of dues? Point past them at a Pippa Roy and Rocky go, they owe me. Who exactly are you, good sir? Ah, oh, you can simply call me Hill Billy. Hill Billy. Hmm. Not familiar. Please leave. And he puts out an arm on your chest. I'm going to hit him. We are in combat. All of you see this intruder haul back and punch Wingate Peasley right in the old kisser. So, Roy, you're up next in the order business here. Shoot the phone out of his hand. <laughs> I feel like at first I'll just assume that Peasley's just got some stuff going on. I'll just kind of sit there and be like, Peasley, What'd you do to this guy? Where's the money, Lebowski? Peasley wipes blood from his mouth. I don't think this is exactly human. Roy, beneath your bed, all your equipment. And I'll grab my equipment. As uh, expected in plastic tubs, you can see all your stuff is laid out there. I like a hospital that lets me keep my guns. And, and the same thing in, for all you guys. All my stuff. Any physical skills, Pippa? or attacks, you're going to suffer a penalty die. Rocky, uh, your move rate is halved, and any skills which might utilize the legs suffer a penalty die. As I'm pulling out all my equipment, I'll hand Trilby over to Rocky. I'm thinking that you're going to need this, pal. Oh, most definitely. And uh, so I'm just going to need Rocky to make a dex, and just don't fumble, that's all. I needed a 60, I rolled a 46. That is a successful dex. Nice, so you easily grab Trilby out of the air. Roy, why don't you go ahead and make an intelligence roll, please? I needed a 50, I got a 33. <laughs> You're pretty sure you know that this is not a human named Hillbilly. You're very familiar with those black obsidian eyes. This is Bugshosh. Somehow within this husk. Wait, wait. What do you want from us? Why are you here? I'm here because you left me an old thought. 
with that damn cat. Can't we work something out? Can't we make a deal? I tried to give you a deal. I wanted him. I point out Rocky. We're a package deal, pal. You're either killing none of us or all of us gruesomely. Roy's ESPN, Pippa's Hulu, and I'm Disney+. Plus. But Roy, that can be arranged. I would like to cast Evil Eye. It's 10 magic points, 1d4 sanity, and uh, instant plus 50 to dexterity. It's the victim's luck is halved and cannot spend or gain luck. Penalty die to all characteristic rolls. Gun jams plus 75%. Lasts until the sunrise or if the caster bleeds. Okay, go ahead and take off 10 magic points. So, haha, one left. And go ahead and roll d4 for your sanity loss. Two. And we'll put you up in the rotation. So you're at 115. This is like the first time I've ever not had the highest dexterity. <laughs> Currently, we're on to Rocky. Look, I took care of you once. What makes you think we won't just do it again? Well, this time you don't have the help of that darn cat in Ulthar. I might not have a cat, but I do have a gun and lots of bullets, so that might just help. And I'm going to level the gun at him. Pay Peasley, duck, and I'm going to shoot. So go ahead and roll your uh, firearms there. I needed a 78. I rolled a 51. That's a success. And he takes one whole point of damage. The bullet pierces your right shoulder. The shoulder that got hit just kind of like flings backwards a bit before I just level it back. You're disconcerted, Rocky, to see that this intruder does not seem to be that phase. If anything, Bugshosh is smiling even wider. And we're on to Danny who reaches over to a portable surgical table and picks up a scalpel and tries to drive it into Bugshosh's kneecap. Bugshosh, you have the opportunity to fight back if you want to. Pull back and kick her. Go ahead. You needed a 75, you rolled a 47. That's a normal success. That is five points of damage as you rear back and kick her directly in the jaw. Do not interfere or keep interfering i'm all for it and maria pulls out what looks like a mezzaluna she grips it and you can see this bright glowing aura she is going straight for the face she fumbled with a hundred so uh yeah you have the opportunity to fight back if you like would i be able to grab the thing out of her hands and use it against her yep no question i'm going to do just that go ahead and roll the fighting brawl you need a 75, you rolled a 74. That is a normal success. All right, go ahead and roll a D6. Uh-huh. So that's going to be three points to Maria, who manages to turn just in time so that she is lacerated along the back rather than decapitated. And Peasley, at your feet, attempts to do a sweep of your legs. He rolled a six, so that's actually going to be an extreme success. I'm going to try to jump. Okay, so that's a dodge. I failed. Perhaps you were caught off guard by your uh, maneuver to disarm Maria. You did not notice him twisting his leg very accurately and using his weight to come up behind your knees. And you do fall heavily to the ground, take three points of damage. So this is pain. It's not enough yet, and I'm going to cast Dominate. So go ahead and roll me some sweet power there. Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 22. That's a hard success. And uh, you go ahead and roll pow uh, with a penalty die. Oh. Okay, so that's a 62, which I think is still a hard success. And uh, your spell does not take effect. Should have known there was trickery involved. 
Yeah, we didn't realize they had 150 power. Well, he is an elder thing, so... So, Bugshash, it is your turn. You are actually prone right now. So, you can, with a penalty die, attack anybody who's around you. Lean back, salt up onto my feet. I'll swing the uh, newly acquired blade at Peasley because uh, he knocked me to the floor. I don't like him. Fighting brawl. All right. One heart. And it's going to be a penalty, so roll a d10. Oh. So, that is a 71. So, that's a normal success. You need 75. You roll the 71. Go ahead and roll d6. I grab the middle part of the mezzaluna and I throw it as hard as I can down at his neck, uh, severing his head from his shoulders. Indeed, the mezzaluna embeds itself in the wood through his bone and spinal column, through the flesh of his neck. Blood spurts and spills everywhere on the floor. And you hear one last gasp from his lips. Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, not that again. Rosebud is the sled. Spoilers if you haven't seen Citizen King. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, you're up. I'm going to take a piece of screen door out of my screen door repair kit and run at his face with it. And try and suffocate him with that screen doorway. Roy launches himself while Bugshosh is leaned over, sort of distracted after and relishing the kill of Peasley. I needed a 54. I got a 40 cent as a success. You're going to take three points of damage, Bookshash. So you're down to three points. And your your head is just wrapped up in this tight uh, metal mesh. The awful stench of screen door all over it. You know, that rubber ceiling that goes around the to seal in the... And he's got that... Ra- he's wrapping it around your neck <laughs> over and over and over. It's keeping out the insects, but I can feel the breeze. Wow. <laughs> A mixture of like pain and confusion as I just stare at Roy. Did you really just use screen door? No, your enemy. Rocky, we're on to you, buddy. I'm going to level the gun a little bit lower, aim for center mass, thinking maybe I'll get a, a bit of a better hit this time, and I'm going to fire off another round. All right, have at it. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled a 67. That is a success for three points of damage. The bullet enters his midsection, and you see him shudder and stiffen and then slowly creak back and land flat on his back. The whole house shudders, and you hear through the screen material the last gasp of a dying man as he expires. And then something exits the body. The entry wound from the bullet starts to pulse in his midsection. And then a mass of black ooze juts from the wound. And you can see the writhing tentacles filled with eyes move quickly like eels. Along the floor, toward whom? Danny. I quickly get up to her face, and I just seep in through any and all orifices on the face. The ears, the eyes, the nostrils, and the mouth. You can see the ooze just on her face separating as it goes into each orifice. You all see this transformation occur. She is now standing there with an evil grin and a scalpel. Her eyes are completely black. And we're on to Maria, right next to Danny. And she grabs the tray 
that the scalpel and everything was upon and swings it at Danny's head. I'll fight back. You actually both failed. So Maria swung the tray and you managed to duck it just in time, lashing out with the scalpel, but she was uh, had already overcorrected and managed to dodge your attack as well. So we're at top of round now, and it's Pippa. I'm going to leap off my bed, try to get within 18 to 20 inches, and just spray my pepper spray right in her face. So go ahead and roll, Danny. Dex. So it's your basic Dex. All right. Pull out your roll of Dex. So yeah, that would be a miss. You're currently uh, stunned. So you can't do anything uh, this round, Danny. So we're going to have to skip over you and moving straight along around to Roy. What else do I have that's funny? Just going full ham. And you are fighting Danny at this point. It bothers me. Yeah, I guess I won't use a mallet then. That's too funny. I'll kind of like try and choke maneuver. That way I can kind of look away as I'm doing it. Put her in a headlock. I need a 54 or 13. That's hard, unfortunately. Only one damage. So we'll take you down to five points, Danny. And I'll let a single tear roll out as I'm choking her. And you hear her gurgling a bit, but also maybe that is that laughter? Pippa, plug my ear. Uh, all right, Rocky, you're up next. Oh, is that how this is going to go? You're just going to hop around like a little bitch. Well, fine. Rocky, don't waste all your bullets. Save it for when he leaves. What do you want me to do? I can't exactly leave this bed. I don't have leg... Well, I, I have them. They're just not very just good. Just some advice, pal. I'm gonna push my bed off the wall and slowly <laughs> roll over. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. I'll stop choking her, and I'll carry him over. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And before he picks me up, I'm gonna grab the uh, the keyring that I had that has the weird keys on him from Blaine Manor. And when I get close enough, I'm just gonna, like, one of the keys for an eye socket. Remember Blaine Manor, bitch? I'll give you a bonus die on this one, since she's stunned. So that's a 19. That's three points of damage. You expect some sort of scream or something, but there is no reaction whatsoever to the wound message for you sir maria is going to step forward now and she's going to try to uh incapacitate danny with a nice bonk to the head with the tray again uh it was a 64 so unfortunately danny was able to somehow sense the incoming tray and it swung over her head and we're at top of the round where danny uh, most of the pepper spray had gone into the eye that now has a key jutting from it. So she's able to reach up and just wipe the other eye. And Oh, okay, I can see you again. And uh, Pepper, you're up now. Spray the other eye. Take a swing with my sickle, even though I have a penalty to it. I need a 25. I rolled a 96. That is a fumble. You actually whip out your sickle really quick. Go back to launch the killing blow against Danny and the blade pops out of the handle and goes swinging back behind you and embeds itself in the far wall. Now you have a wooden stick. Well, I'll just follow through then and be like, Bugshash, it's your turn. Being that I just got stabbed in the eye by a key, getting sick and tired of having to dodge a pan, so I'm going to reel back and just deck Marie in the face. Go ahead and roll. And she's going to try to dodge, I think. She's not doing so good with the tray. Wow. You needed a 75. You rolled a 14, which is extreme for three points of damage. Maria rolled a 14. That is only a hard success for her. So she will take the three points of damage. And indeed, you do smack her, breaking her nose. And blood just sprays 
uh, down her chin and mouth dripping onto the floor. And she goes sprawling. And we're on to Roy. As much as I would like to keep doing tag team moves, like throw Rocky up for a five-star splash or something, I think I'm going to go back and try and do the choke out method again because I really, it's still Danny. All right, go ahead. I needed a 54. I got a 29. That's a three. So in your zeal to choke her out, you got a little aggressive and you grab her mouth with your left hand and you wrap your right arm around her neck and accidentally twist too hard and you hear her skull pop from the top of the spine and her body just falls limp, falling down on top of you. And then Bugshosh, the elder thing, exits Danny's body. The mass coalesces into a long tendril and slithers along the dead, stiffening body of Danny toward Maria. Rocky, shoot it. I'm going to shoot it. Uh, I need a 78. I rolled a 78, which is a success, and three points of damage. Your bullet pierces this tendril, and the mass simply absorbs the projectile. And it continues on its way to Maria's prone body. Go directly into the mouth and just continue down. And you are now possessing Maria. Pippa, you're at the top of round. Guys, what's going on here? Nothing is working. I'm going to cast Rack and dig into my sanity instead of using magic points. So we can uh, swap that out, right? Yes. It does. It's not good for me. But this will tell me if this is really happening or if something else is going on here and we need to reassess. Rack is three magic points, which you can swap out for sanity, right? And I'm going to need a sanity roll from you. I needed a 53. I rolled a 66. That's a fail. You muster the remaining power in your body, focusing all of your mind to cast this one last spell that you know extends beyond the bounds of your normal capability. And you feel pieces of your memory surrendering, losing chunks of images of your father, images of Things that have occurred recently and even back from your childhood are now completely gone. And you push that power from the center of your pineal gland. Gross. The ectoplasmic force launches itself from the center of your forehead and hits Maria directly in one of her eyes, her black obsidian eyes. And you see her recoil and clutch at her eyes because she can now no longer see. And you lose all sense of who you are. The term and the self of Pippa is for now dissolved. And you stand in the center of this room. Roll D6. Five. Five rounds is how long you are incapacitated. Five rounds is how long Maria is blind Can we dance together still? All right. So, Maria, you are up. Now my focus is going to be Rocky. And because I'm just blind from where I last heard and saw where he was. I'm over here. (laughs) I'm just going to charge at that area. Roll for ventriloquism. Rocky, uh, would you like to fight back or dodge? Take a shot as she passes. In order to um, accommodate blindness, I'm going to say this is penalty die for Bugshosh and a bonus die for Rocky. 
So go ahead and roll Bugshosh. Needed 75, rolled a 94, so that's a failure. So you blunder past Rocky and clatter into the beds. Yeah, I was thinking I was about to face plant into the wall. We won't go that far. We'll say you face plant into Roy's bed and the tube goes down your throat momentarily. <laughs> and gag and pull it back out. Oh, oh it tastes like him. It tastes like him. Bumps into the radio, starts playing the Benny Hill song as he runs around the room. <laughs> For supposedly being an elder god, he is not very good at this, is he? And Roy, you're up next. I'll pull out my mallet and go and try and swing it at the top of the head as hard as I can. And you get a bonus because of the blindness. So I needed a 54 and I got a 12, which is a hard success for two damage. If your mallet comes down, aim squarely at the base of the skull as she's face down on your bed, but she turns just in time, takes it to the left shoulder. You hear a satisfying crunch as the bones fracture. Rocky, you're up. Get close to him, gun right up against the skull. You know, you claim that you're this thing that's been hunting me, and we're just supposed to take your word for that, but I'm doubting you are who you say you are. See, we took care of Bugshosh. Mr. Cersei, I believe his name was, was quite certain that you would no longer be a problem, and yet here you are. So the question is, if you're not him... Who are you? I am Bugshush. I tried to retreat from that cursed cat into my void nest. I saw something interesting. An ethereal lifeline, I guess you could say. Back to... Ulthar's town square, with the portal closed off. I was stuck in a timeless place. Until eventually, after constantly trying, I escaped the dreamlands by following that cord, that lifeline, to a place you call Arkham. And that is when I came across that man that I brought in. He was impressively powerful, so I got used to him quickly. For a constant time, I kept hearing this woman's voice. Sounded scared. Frantic. I enjoyed the fear that I heard of her when she screamed to stay away. But I couldn't... The words were that of a spirit. But as soon as I got to the porch of this house, something grasped me. It was a ghostly grasp. It's damn Leah Whiteside. And that's when Roy, Pippa, and Rocky begin to hear a high, keening wail. A woman's voice screaming as if from another dimension, emanating from the gem mounted beneath Roy's bed. The obsidian gemstone that Rocky had forgotten he'd collected from the library city long ago. 
I'm going to look under the bed at the source of the, the wailing noise. I'm going to look back at the possessed Maria. I'm going to, in a quick motion, drop off of her down to the floor and then point my gun at that gem and I'm going to pull the trigger. And the gem explodes in a billion stars of glass. You hear the keening wail abruptly cease. And at that exact moment, Rocky, you remember collecting, choosing that gemstone from among the catalog of gems in that other place. A gemstone which contained the soul of Leah Whiteside. And with an unutterable sadness, you realize you have inadvertently extinguished whatever spirit remained of the Whiteside family. Maria, it's your turn. Round two. Fight! Ah, Dolkin! Swing at Rocky. Have at it. Need a 75, roll a 12 extreme. Please roll a d10. So that makes it a 62, which is still a success. And that is six points to Rocky. He's down to three. So Rocky takes a fist to the base of the skull. He's shaken to his very core by Maria being much stronger than she appears to be. Roy. I guess I'll go with what works. Do like an uppercut motion with the mallet. Roll away. I need a 54. I got a 79. Do I get a bonus die? Yep. You get a bonus because of the blindness. Still in effect. 59, which is still a fail. So, uh, Rocky, you're up. I think I could do this all day. And I'm going to roll back from under the bed and then just take a shot at Maria. Fire away. I needed a 78. I rolled a 16, which is a hard success for three points of damage. You hit Maria square in the face as she's looking down upon you. Her features just obliterate. And you can see the hollowed out skull where the brains just drip down onto your face. The neck spurting blood. And then Bugshash emerges to take his prize. I immediately lunge at Rocky, entering through his mouth just like the others. And before anyone else can move, once I have control, I turn, hold up my hand, and go, I am done here. And start walking for the door. Roy, you see... Bugshash, now in possession of your brother, completely ignoring you and Pippa because the debt has been paid. You coward! You said you wanted all of us! You're too scared of us now? I stop and I turn back and I go, only if you choose to keep this up. And I keep walking back to the door. And I'll go and mount them. All right, so Roy is going to uh, launch the attack. I failed. Rocky, what do you want to do? You can fight back, you can dodge. You can even run if you like to. I'm done here. Hey, we so choosed. So how about you finish this? And I'll follow after him. And the two of you are now outside on the front porch. I'll take another swing. Go ahead. I needed a 54. I got a 26, which is a hard for five. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to look at him and go, I've had enough of you. Get off my plane of existence. Oh. <sighs> Go ahead and explain what it looks like when you kill your brother, right? Connect the mallet right on top of the skull, cracking it open and sort of flattening it in the process. So the skull flattens and then cracks in the middle 
and Bugshosh emerges as a much larger tentacle. And the last thing you see is an Icarus dripping mass enveloping your skull. Inside Peasley's house, sorrow and loss and anger seep into the floorboards, dripping with lifeblood, soaking into the packed dirt of the foundation beneath. Soon, for Pippa, there will be tears and perhaps tormented screams of anguish. Eventually, however, silence will return and all that will remain are ragged scars on the flesh, in the bone, on the walls, in the wood. Nothing now can change what's been done. The debt has been collected. Outside, a lone shadow walks deathless toward the horizon. Light cannot touch what's inside this mortal coil, at least not for the moment. Eventually, new meat puppets will be required, but that's never really been a problem. These humans, always eager to strike a bargain, no matter the true price. Above, beyond the clouds, through the fragile and failing atmosphere, the limitless expanse of space reveals itself in every direction, inviting us to choose a singular path from amongst a myriad of options. Where will we go next? Of course, we already know that, don't we? It's not so much a question of where, but when. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft Tapes. You can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And I am taking all uh, kind messages and eulogies for dear old Rocky over on my Twitter at the real weird kid. And if you want to send me money because you'll miss Roy so much, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. I don't want to talk about it, so just don't ever send me messages at Brian Podcast on Twitter, please. You can probably only get into contact with me at Sandrock onto the Discord itself if you ever want to know how I got them all to just kill each other. All it takes is a little push. Until next time, roll four. Goodbye. Want to take this moment to thank James very much for making all this happen. His uh, generosity on patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes was well appreciated, and I hope we have given you perks galore. (laughs) I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2022. 
For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.